the insatiable appetite. I'm Tamara Barnett, Vice President of Strategic Insights at the Hartman Group. This past September, the Hartman Group held its annual Anthropology, Culture, and Trends Summit in Chicago, and this year the theme was Food Culture Forecast. Now, as part of that full jam-packed day, we held an interesting and dynamic panel with industry leaders who are reshaping the landscape of food and beverage. And we couldn't leave the conversation there, so for today's episode, we're bringing you a snippet um, from one of the panelists who was at that session, and that is Mark Oshima. He is co-founder and chief marketing officer at Arrow Farms, which is a really fascinating company that's leading the way for indoor vertical farming. So listen in to this brief but really fascinating uh, conversation in which he talks about how uh, agriculture is changing and how Arrow Farms in particular is doing some interesting things in this dynamic space. We are here at the Hartman Group's uh, ACT Future Food Forecast 2019 event in Chicago. Uh, We just finished our wonderful panel on embracing food and technology, and we are here with Mark Oshima, uh, co-founder and CMO of Arrow Farms. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Excited to be here, excited to share what we're doing with Arrow Farms to really lead the way with the next generation of food and ag tech. Yeah, it was a fascinating discussion. Uh, Maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about Arrow Farms, a little bit uh, about the company. So Aero Farms, we've been one of the pioneers and leaders for indoor vertical farming. So we're growing indoors in warehouse spaces without sun or soil. The idea we can think about what does the plant need and Mm -hmm. actually optimize the environment to have even more effective photosynthesis than you would have outdoors. And really think about how do you mitigate some of the challenges you see today with Mother Nature, uh, issues around growing, access to water, loss of arable land, and really take back control of that and thinking about, again, how do we actually deliver and grow for the community, by the community, a freshly harvested product that not only is safe, nutritious, but also tastes better. So it's been exciting you know, work that we're doing. And, and you have an interesting model. So you are both sort of a, a supplier, but you also have a consumer-facing brand. Tell us a little bit about why you made that decision, any kind of benefits or challenges you face in, in that kind of a model. So we think about Aero Farms and the expertise we have. Um, the idea is around we can help solve any kind of agriculture-related uh, uh, growing situation. So uh, our mission is how do we grow the best plants possible for the betterment of humanity. It's pretty bold, pretty broad, mm. and very ambitious, but that is really where we're focused in thinking about the kind of impact we can have to help solve uh, these traditional agricultural supply chain issues. And so we work with a wide range of different partners, Fortune 100 companies, helping them. But the core engine, you know, what is making AeroFarm successful today has been the product that we grow and sell. And so the idea that we go to market, we actually have a different brand called Dream Greens. And we realized that there was a bigger opportunity when we took a look at the, at the, land, at the landscape and the competitive uh, market that no one was really talking about flavor and the idea we could celebrate flavor and put that at the forefront. And the idea is if you really want to change behavior, drive consumption, you make it taste good. And so our way of growing is not only about enabling local production, it's about making sure we can optimize the plants for different characteristics so we can make that romaine more sweet. We can make the kale tender. We can actually make... Uh, our arugula, very peppery. Mm. So what's exciting is that we're creating this new category of food that is more nutritious and delicious and creating excitement in the category in terms of how do we expand the overall category. So we've talked about we can and have grown hundreds of different varieties. Most people can name 10, you know, maybe baby leafy greens. So when we talk about partnering closely with our selling partners, it's about how we can grow the entire category and then really think about consumption in a very different way. 
And it's interesting that you mentioned it's both a proposition around nutrition, but also flavor, and maybe even leading with the flavor foot, so to speak. Um, and it actually raises, I think, some really interesting sort of collaborative work that you're doing with chefs. Because if there's anybody who we trust to know flavor, it would be chefs. Tell us a little bit about how those collaborations started and, and why that's been, I think, such a fruitful avenue for you to pursue. Yeah, without question, the idea of, you know, how do we put that at the forefront? It's one thing, you know, flavor can be quite subjective, right? And the idea of uh, what tastes good to you may be different for someone else. And the idea is, how do we work with key tastemakers? So top chefs, top buyers, really embrace what we're doing. They feel like their palate's been woken up again. And that's what's exciting is that we're talking all about this technology and innovation, but at the end of the day, the product is the hero. And that's what's really driving, you know, the, how it's been embraced. And so the chefs now all of a sudden are thinking about menu development that's going all the way back to the farm. And so we work closely with top chefs like Marcus Samuelson, top chefs like David Chang, I mean, key tastemakers, right? Key arbiters of taste. Uh, David Chang got so excited by what we're doing, he became an investor to give you a sense of how we've been able to you know, work closely within the culinary community. And no question, it creates a halo effect in terms of, again, uh, the quality and the freshness and the type of uh, preparation we're able to do and care that we're able to do with the product. Is seed breeding at all a part of that picture? Because we know sort of in some other industries, you know, chefs, there's been collaborations with chefs and, and breeders to, again, kind of accentuate flavor and thinking about that. You're on the growing side of it, but you got to grow something, <laughs> right? This, I'm assuming it starts with the seed. <laughs> so what's exciting about the work we can do, we can take any seed and have it express itself in different ways through different abiotic stresses by creating different environmental factors. So we can actually change the shape we can actually change the nutrient density, we can actually change the, the color, we can actually even change the flavor by stressing the plants in different ways. Uh, but what's exciting is that we can do that and then we're also doing work with key seed breeders as well to optimize for this kind of indoor growing. So the seeds that are available today have been optimized for the field for is it drought resistant or mildew resistant, things that we don't need to worry about, right? And so we're able to put flavor at the foremost, you know, at the forefront and really be able to uh, get a lot of excitement around that. Really fascinating, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a fascinating discussion. Doing God's work. Right. <laughs> Defeating the world. <laughs> well, I appreciate that and appreciate the opportunity to meet with you guys. It's really exciting because you guys have a pulse, right, on what's happening. And what you're seeing today is things that we were just seeing, you know, the beginning of a few years ago. So it's exciting to see that it's not a fad, it's a trend and how it's become a movement. So thank you. And it's great to get the insights from some of the people that are developing these things that we, you know, put out there as, as trends in the future. So thank you. Thank you.